Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? Yo, man, <laughs> amazing weekend. You guys are tuned in to a brand new episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode 117. Sorry I lost my voice, man. It's been a crazy weekend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Korean John Cusack. Yo, everyone, what is good? I had a fucking fantastic weekend. I lost my voice, so excuse me. I'm going to need a little assistance from Miles, you know, on this episode. But, yo, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, We got fan questions coming up. And, uh, you know, right now I can't do no intro, no nothing. I need to get right fucking into it. Yo, the Lakers, we are in the motherfucking Western Conference Finals. We are 2-0. And the Seahawks are 2-0 right now in the season. Um, Start with Lake Show. Real difficult because... Lakers game started at 4.30, and the Hawks game started at 5.20. It was a fucking tough one, but I'm like, look, I'm not really tripping on the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to have them playing in the background, but on the main TV, you know what I'm saying? Got to have the fucking uh, the, the Hawks on there. And, you know, big game, man, Sunday Night Football. And, uh, you know, it does bug me out when they kick the field goals and you see that there's no fans in the crowd, especially when it's a home game, and especially when it's a Seahawks game that I have season tickets to. You know what I mean? Like, to see me, it's my man, bro, like, I should be at that game. Like, there's 100 million percent, no doubt, I'd be at that game. And not only would I be at that game, this is the year where they changed my last name. They didn't, it, you know, it has my name, Ben Yang, Rex Yang, my cousin. It says Ben Baller now, anyways, on the seats. But anyways, going on, man. It just fucking crazy watching um, the Lakers, you know, watch them, they're whooping ass, they're up by a gang of points. And then Denver comes back. Of course they did. You know, they, they're they real tough. And they're really a comeback team. The only thing is, they just didn't have enough sauce. And, you know, they, they were up by one point with 20 seconds left. And then we came down and fucking um, Ranger Danny Green gets blocked. And the ball goes out of bounds. There's two seconds left on the clock. Inbound pass. Boom. AD knocks down the winning three over the Joker. Okay. Over Jokic who had his hands up, motherfuckers, tall as shit. AD nails the three, the game-winning three, while I'm watching the motherfucking Seahawks game, already losing my fucking mind, having a heart attack, crazy fucking game. And um, I don't know, that's just crazy. Hearing AD say that he called out Kobe, you know, when he shot the three, is fucking a beautiful thing. And right then and there, that just right there is going to break your spine. You know what I mean? And like, we own them in game one. Game two, we fucked around, let them catch back up, but we, you know, we right there broke their spirit. We might really fuck around and do this in four, but I said Lakers in five, you know what I mean? And then now, to tell you the truth, I don't give a fuck who it is on either side. It could be Miami or Boston. We're going to tap that ass. Now, all I got to say is I'm real hyped. I really do think we're going to win the chip this year. And uh, when it comes down to making the ring for the Lakers, the thing is, until Jason of Beverly Hills retires, he has a relationship with the Bus family, and that's my boy. He's my comrade. There's very few people in the, in the jewelry game that I fuck with. I will say this. Jason is an, an ally. He's a friend. There's one of the very few people you can really call a friend in the jewelry business, even though I'm cool with everyone. Um, but I can say that he's not cutting corners. He's not using CVDs. He's not doing fucked up business. And he's been at it for a very long time. So, you know, I've always respected Jason. But uh, he's, he's got that Laker contract, so there's nothing I can do about it, even though how much it means to me. Now, I know he's creeping up on the Dodger thing, 
but it, man, I got, I got too much. And I, if Jason's listening, yo, I got too many people. I got the owner. I got fucking Peter Goober. I got, <laughs> I got motherfucking the front office. I got the fans. And I also have at least eight of the starting players in the Dodgers that are just talking about, yo, we got to get this. So we'll see what happens. The Dodgers were what? A couple more games away from winning the conference. Um, but uh, we took an L yesterday against the fucking Rockies, but we've been playing good. You know what I'm saying? We've always been kicking ass. We're, we're, we're crushing it. And the World Series is right around the corner. But now, listen, on to the Hawks. Yo, let me tell you something. A lot of people don't know this. And a lot of people do. You know, I have a very wide audience. Okay. A lot of people don't know that I got a Division One scholarship to play football. A lot of people don't know that I was an all-city, all-state wasn't all American, but I was all city, all state, all CIF, wide receiver and free safety. Okay. When I went to college, I got recruited and I got a scholarship playing cornerback. All right. I was a defensive back. I played DB. I didn't want to play offense. I didn't want to get hit like that. I was like, nah, fuck that. Let me go out here and do some hitting. And I was more of a cover guy. Okay. And, um, I see the game differently. Of course, you know, a lot of pros follow me. I follow a lot of pros. I troll a lot. I can't ever not take away. Like when you hear someone like Tony Romo speak, it is insane. I don't know anybody that I've ever heard talk, no sports analyst, no previous pro athlete speak about sports when they're commentating and call out a fucking play. It is insane. Or call out Brady. It doesn't matter who the fuck it is. He is insane when it comes to reading offense, defense, everything. He's just, he's just a very, very brilliant guy when it comes to sports. But I look at things a lot differently. And the reason why I'm doing all this explanation shit is because, look, I know that there's no direct helmet-to-helmet contact, certain things, but look, it's one thing when you're aiming, and I get it, but I may be biased for a few reasons. One, because Quandre is a friend. Quandre is a friend of the podcast. Quandre was a guest on this podcast, okay? And on top of that, you're talking about someone who's five foot eight, like 175 pounds, a small dude, Okay. The bullshit that happened in the early of that game, people like, yo, cool, you know, you can't do the helmet, it was, it was flagrant. Man, shut the fuck up. Look, it's football, it's dangerous, and I get it. But you know what? There wasn't even a split second. We're talking milliseconds. He was already going at the angle. We ain't fucking robots. You can't just immediately stop, duck your head, or go forward, whatever. You may miss the tackle. Then what? Then you fuck up the play to get a, like, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're out there hitting. Let me tell you something. Seattle right now, yo, y'all can talk shit. Y'all can joke. Y'all can make fun. Just know our defense right now, motherfuckers is hitting. People is out there laying the hat. Okay? I don't know what the fuck they call it in high school now, but I'm telling you right now, when I was in college and we called it laying the hat, motherfuckers is laying that helmet and people was getting squatted up. But, yo, Quandre hit that motherfucker. And you know what? Yeah, he hit him in the helmet, but bro, he came in. What the fuck else was supposed to hit him? There was really no other way. He had a millisecond to think. So where I'm pissed off is, okay, cool. Give him the personal injury. Do all that personal foul. But to disqualify him out of the game, yo, that's crazy. Our starting fucking free safety, like the fuck is going on? There was a lot of offensive fucking offsides and fucking bullshit penalties. Cool. And a start of the game. Fucking Russ throws a goddamn, what, a five, 10 yard out to Greg Olson, who I'm kind of like, yo, Olsen's starting? Like, cool, whatever. And I'm already skeptical, you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, man, what the fuck? Is this motherfucker like, is he working for Cam? What the fuck? Because there was, you know, that was, Cam was his quarterback 
and he's starting over Disley. It's just weird. Then he goes out, misses the fucking catch, immediate touchdown, interception to a touchdown. And I'm like, bro, we're down 7-0. But I wasn't tripping. I was like, you know what? We're going to come back. I'm not even tripping. And it was a fucking amazing game. It was everything you could ask for in a game. Russ threw five touchdowns. He literally threw two of the most beautiful bombs. He just really just is insane. Really, this is really that he's really on the hunt for the MVP this year. And uh, again, our defense is incredible. Offense is doing their thing. Everyone, man, Swain even came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, rookie, come on, man. Fucking um, Lockett, my dog. Everyone did their thing, man. Yo, even my boy. Like, this is a, my homie, Mike Dixon. Michael Dixon even did his thing on the punts, you know. And um, it's weird because I can't go out there and, and see my dudes out there play. And it's just weird, man. It's a strange feeling watching the games. You know, I watched a lot of games, you know, today. And uh, one thing about DirecTV that's awesome is getting the NFL mix. So you can watch like eight games at one time. It's fucking awesome. But, yo, we're 2-0. and We're not to be fucked with. I hope Bruce Irvin is, is okay. You know, I know Quandre come back next week. I don't know. But, yo, go Hawks. Seahawks is doing the thing. We got Dallas next week in our crib again. Look, man, the way Dak and all them dudes is, look, I think we're going to tap that ass. I really think we, we look, you know, we just, man, we look good. We, we not, we're not last year's team. We are really out here doing our motherfucking thug fizzle. All right. Um, we got the Jets coming up too. I, you know, I'm, I got to get Gary Vee to do a little five, 10 minute and come back. By the way, again, that episode is still trending. All right. Episode 116 is still trending. It's doing his thing. Me and Gary, I can't even tell you, you know, us together was a crazy combination. A lot of people who even heard Gary were like, yo, it was different, especially hearing two of you guys talk. And he loves to talk. People say, I love to talk. I don't necessarily love to talk. I'll be honest with you. I just talk because I kind of have to sometimes. So I let him, you know, I let him say what he had to say. And it was a great episode. And I think, you know, it was our definitely one of our highest downloaded. It eventually might be, I think the Dust Brothers would like to let you know that we've had like 4 million downloads on this podcast in 2020. And the year's not over yet. So, you know, now this part right here, I think Miles is not really going to like uh, Miles Davis, one half of the Dust Brothers, is a Niner fan, legit, all his life. And, uh, yo, yeah, the Niners won against the shittiest fucking team in the NFL. The fucked up part is the shittiest team in the NFL happens to be Jordan Winter. <laughs> Jordan, the other half of the Dust Brothers, happens to be his fucking team, Gary Vee's team. It's like, hey, bro, you beat the Jets, but they suck. They're the worst fucking team in the NFL. You should beat them. And the thing about it is this. I don't know what kind of karma is going on. I don't know what the fuck is going on in the Niner Nation. I don't know what the fuck could possibly be going on or what kind of mojo is happening. But the Niners, for you to lose, fuck. I mean, I think I might even have more people fucking off this list. Like, I'm looking at the exact number of fucking people that got injured today, which is the fucking, the craziest shit. Especially, man, because you know what? I don't want no fucking excuses when, uh, let's see, where the fuck is my boy at right now? Fuck is Scott Venner at? Scott, where you at, you cocksucker? Fuck, maybe because I deleted that thing. Anyways, it's another, another injury. I can't remember. But the Niners injuries right now, yo, they got Sherman is out. Richard Sherman's out. George Kittle's out. Nick Bosa. Jimmy fucking Garoppolo, their star little pretty boy quarterback, Debo Samuel, all right? Raheem Mostert, 
D. Ford, Solomon Thomas, Jason Verrett, Kerry Hyder. Yo, do you have any idea how many starters are out? Yo, Nick Bosa, fuck, listen, I don't even, fuck J.J. Watt, okay? I ain't tripping. Look, and again, I don't like the Niners. You know I don't like the Niners. But Nick Bosa, Mr. All Lives Matter, yo, that motherfucker was probably, he was predicted to win Defensive Player of the Year. He is a bad motherfucker. Debo's a bad motherfucker. Everyone else, you know, whatever. George Kittle's a bad motherfucker, but he's not playing right. Look, a couple of these guys might come back in three or four weeks, but yo, Bosa's out for the season. So I'm going to be real with you. Niners, are that's a wrap, you know, and that dude, Scott Daniels, who's a fucking reporter for, I forgot what fucking news station, whatever it may be, he bet me $1,000 that the Niners are going to do better. And I hit him, I said, hey, bro, you know what? Let me keep it funky. It's probably better if you just give me 500 bucks right now. But if you want to wait till the end of the season, cool, that's cool. He's going to owe me some bread because I know for a fact we're on a rampage. And right now, even if these some of these guys come back, man, look, man, I don't know. It's quiet right now for the Niners. That shit is just not really, just really popping at all whatsoever. Um, going on to the sports bets. Yo, it's crazy. If you have not signed up for mybookie.ag, you need to now. Use the promo code BALLER. Again, you will get $1,000 in free play. But check it out. We went 9-5 and five against the spread this week. Three of those L's that we took, or maybe four of them, came in the last minute. And literally the last, under the two-minute drill. All right, the two-minute warning. We literally would have been fucking uh, 12 and two, all right, or 13 and two, I'm sorry. No, 12 and two. But if you count Monday Night Football, we're, we're 10 and five. But since Thursday, all Sunday, we're nine and five against the spread. We're gonna do something a little different this week. I don't know if I'm gonna use the spread, but I'm gonna be real with you. That Seattle lock, that won me eight Gs, and um, you know I won five last week. You know, I'm gonna keep rocking. They covered the spread. Shit is good. You guys need to fuck with me. You guys need to really start paying attention to what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, where you don't need to pay attention to me is when I say I love McDonald's, I don't think you guys should listen to that so much. It's just been something that's been going on. And it's obviously not good for someone who has ulcerative colitis. But I tried those McDonald's spicy nuggets yesterday, and I'm going to keep them 100 with you. I have not had anything that made me go diarrhea in a long time. One. Number two, they weren't really spicy. They had a little bit of a kick. Number three, eh, I'd rather have the regular chicken nuggets, which I'm not a big fan of. Okay? I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of. Chicken sandwiches at McDonald's are not that bad. Very surprised. There's a few things. Obviously, my thing is McDonald's breakfast, right? But the spicy nuggets gave me diarrhea. So my stomach is a little fucked up right now. And uh, Miles... Can you please cue up some of that fresh, brand new, Lakey-inspired music real quick? Yeah, I got to go handle some business real quick, and we'll be right back with the fan questions. Yo, what's up, everybody? How you doing? So this is uh, the part of the show we do fan questions right we do this once a month only we used to do it every week but um i was like you know let me build some some better questions up got a lot of people asking the same bullshit stuff and everything else and you know i don't want to make it like monotonous and stuff and so um i have jordan compile you know the best questions so that we can get them going on if you don't know what to do basically you can go on there right now when you're listening to this you can go to the, to the ios page the home page on apple 
and you leave a five-star review. And when you leave a five-star review, you basically leave a question as review. You know, you leave a review, be like, oh, Ben Baller Pod, you don't need to say all that. You can say, hey, Ben, how you doing? What is your favorite place to eat at in Shanghai, China, whatever the fuck it may be? Anything your little heart desires, okay? So we're gonna answer a few questions here. How I do it is I answer them live. No cap, no bullshit, I don't prepare, I don't look at them before, nothing like that. We get right into it. So let's get right into it. 420 Steven writes, yo, Ben Baller was good. Shout out from North Texas. Would at least one half of the Dust Brothers ever be on the pod? You know, um, Miles ain't really much of a talker, but Jordan is not even surprisingly, but he was surprisingly because I heard him for the first time on a Raps podcast and he was talking about all the Marvel movies and everything, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Dr. Fucking Feelgood, where the fuck it is, and X-Men and Galaxy fucking the Guardians or the fucking, what the fuck, I don't, I don't pay attention to all that shit, okay? I, I know like, um, what the fuck is it again? The Avengers and shit, you know, like and all that shit, Iron Man, whatever. Anyways, Jordan Winter is a very well-versed, articulate, very bright human being. He is one of the best people I know on the earth and uh, he's more than welcome to come on the show all the time. I just, I'd have to figure out why we would talk about certain things. But me and Jordan share a lot of the same um, interests and stuff like that. Um, I rarely get in an argument with Jordan. Jordan is just a real good person. I, he is a, him and, and Miles are both a gift in life. Like having them in my life is just like a super fucking gift. But yeah, definitely, for sure. Appreciate the question. Uh, GSRSX writes, old boy with the free game. So what's up, man? Hope your fam is good. Bless up. So my question would be, I've ran my own business for 10 years now, but I would like to know how to build a brand. How did you build Ben Baller? And is there a formula to building a brand, money, network? I honestly would like if you could dedicate a podcast on building a brand. Thanks so much. And thanks to the Dust Brothers and Lakey Lake. How did I build Ben Baller? The thing is, I have been Ben Baller since 1992, right? since college basketball days. And I didn't start really marketing my name, even though, you know, I was in the music business or whatever. I didn't really start marketing my name until Nike Talk on the internet. And I had BenBaller.com. And I marketed that name, and that was like, what, around 2000, 2001. And I marketed that name, and I was a DJ. And I had something going on. You have to understand, it took 20 plus years to get where I'm at right now. So when I really realized it is time to market like my namesake, meaning it is a lot easier for me to pro IF and Co because it, has a, it doesn't have my name on it. Do you know? It stands for an eternally flawless and Co. It stands for Icy Fresh, but it doesn't say Ben Baller and Co, whatever, right? VVS doesn't have my name in it, you know, and there's certain things. Now, I don't know what your business is like, but building Ben Baller is totally different with a, than the formula for building something else. So in very short, I became more popular and popular. I had strategized myself being placed at certain places. I did not necessarily premeditate any kind of fame, but when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You know, I myself didn't think that Plain Jane would be a big song. Heard it many months before it blew up. Never in a million years did I think that that would be my brand namesake, Ben Ball did the chain, right? And, um, you know, I made the BBDTC acronym very recently, just when I started signing autographs, which is only a few months ago, a couple months ago. But 
it took many years to get here. And once I realized there was a little bit of a spark, you know, again, it's very difficult. Now, if something happens with the mascot, the face of the brand, or the name itself, whether it be like Jacob and Co or something, Jacob Co went to jail, right? His brand kind of fucked up. And then he came back with the vengeance, said, fuck this, fuck rap, fuck all this other shit. I'm going after the high-end market. And he just was, you know, persistent and he took it there and boom. With me, I decided to separate myself from jewelry, even though I had the jewelry brand. I wanted to be totally different. I wanted to have some things that related like a gold money counter and certain things. But I don't know who you are, what you like, what your interests are, and what you want to do, or what kind of business you have. So for me personally, you know, I had enough capital to do whatever I wanted to. I didn't want to spend my money. So basically, I'd partner with a company like Network, which I won't be with them forever. And eventually, you know, obviously, I have my my site, BBDTC. Why don't I have Mball.com? You know what? At this point, honestly, I don't even need it. But BBDTC.com is actually perfect. You know, and on top of that, it's a five-letter website name, and it's a .com. So, you know, with very little money, I was able to put stickers out there, you know, uh, lighters, things that said my name on it. And, you know, people recognize the name they associate my brand my namesake with luxury items even if it's on a lower level like a lighter or something else they think it's something cool whether with my age doesn't matter what the fuck it is and of course yes i built a strong network i gifted the right people certain things there's a million different brands out there and they've given celebrity things and it doesn't hit you know not everyone is going to make it i've said this many times you could be very good at what you do and still not make it in the world. And some people on the flip side, they try to be with the positive and I get it. Look, I don't want to be a negative person, but they're like, hey, how about if they're really good at what they do and that's good enough? I'll be honest with you. 9.9 times out of 10, it isn't good enough. Because if, it, if it's not paying your bills and it's not doing certain things, being good enough isn't good enough. You know what I mean? Sometimes people want to be good enough and want the world to know they're good enough. So I will think about doing a podcast about building a brand and where I am right now, and where I am with the hobby, and, and you know, joining a, a totally different demographic. You could never tell me a year ago, five months ago, even when I started Project 2020, that I'd be designing cards, and they'd be the hottest fucking cards in the business. No fucking bullshit. Straight up. No pat on my shoulder. I'm being 100% real. My Topps Chrome set is fucking blazing hot right now. Um, Anything I've jumped into has done pretty well. You know, even VVS did well. Again, you got to put the effort in though. And if me and my business partners are all focused on other things, it's very difficult. And again, you know, you try to do too many things and that's what it is. So right now, a lot of my emphasis is on the podcast and then on my brand. IFN Co. is a well-running machine. There's other people involved. It will do well. I'm very confident in that. And I still spend my time putting enough, you know, effort into that as well. So there it is. And great question and much love, homie. Sparky Gino 617. I'm assuming this dude's from Boston, 617, right? Question. When you leave your house, do you ever run into celebrities, actors, and actresses, etc.? If so, do you say hi and what do you guys talk about? <laughs> also, I've been trying for months now to get a BTB sticker for my hard hat. Not sure how to get a hold of one, but hopefully soon. Thanks, Ben. Sparky Gino 617. I want you to email behindtheballerpod at gmail.com and um, I'm assuming Jordan or Miles will read the email hit me up send me your address and I will send you a sticker now on to the question um, do I run into celebrities actors actresses I run into somebody all the fucking time and um, 
If I know them, yes, I'll say what's up. If I don't know them, why the fuck would I say anything? But half of the time, they might come up to me. You know, usually if it's a rapper or a singer or something, they do. Uh, but I don't know, we, we say what's up. You know, I run into fucking random ass people. Uh, the girl, the daughter on Ozarks, I ran into her at Jones Cafe like a month ago. Who else did I run into? I run into people all the time. It, so it's not really something I would re remember, but I see people all the fucking time. And I don't think about YouTube people because that doesn't matter. I'm not saying they don't, they're not good people. They don't exist. I'm talking about in the true sense of celebrities in that word. But I mean, we just shoot the shit. How you doing? You got kids now? Boom. What are you up to? Congrats, blah, blah. I really try to make just real quick and small. I'm not saying I'm not unapproachable, but I'm not big on small talk for certain things. I don't really need anything for anybody. I don't need them for anything. I respect, you know, certain weird actors. Like I said, you know, Jeffrey Wright is one of my favorites. Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace. You know, there's a few people I like, thespian wise, but you know, I also have some homies who are famous. But I like again, we run into people, and it's and it's love, and it's dope. You know, people consider me famous or celebrity, and I don't really, I don't think that. I don't think that. But that's what what goes down. And again, don't forget to email for the sticker. Johnny Jack P, your thoughts on about a vasectomy? Yo, Ben, I've been thinking about getting a vasectomy. What are your thoughts about getting a vasectomy? Do you have any friends that have had the procedure done? What's the recovery process like? Uh, did you get the SIG P365 holster and snap caps I sent you? Um, thank you. Have a blessed day. Chiropractor in Tustin, John Park. Oh, John, what's going on, man? How you doing, John? Um, fuck. I think it, man, John, please, because it's unsolicited, um, my assistant has, and, and you wouldn't believe this if I told you, I have somewhere around 50 to 80 items. And some of these things are like bottles of, of crystal champagne, uh, PlayStation games. There's uh, heavy dollar items. I will definitely look out for that. I got a lot of snap caps though. Um, I've always had them around here and there. P365, it's so funny you said the P365. I don't know, have I ever mentioned before? That's my daily carry. But uh, weird thing too, because I know John, you're into guns. There was a P238 that just sold for $3,800 fucking dollars. $3,800 for a fucking four or $500 gun. It's unfucking believable how hard it is to get a P238 even though I got one. So um, think about getting a vasectomy. It's something I want to get done. I've been wanting to get done. My cousin got one. One of my friends got one. It's So I had one friend who got it done and said it wasn't that bad. Then I had my cousin that got it and he said it was fucking painful and it was a motherfucker and the recovery was about a month. And he said he had a little ache in his fucking kochu. And since you're Korean, you understand, like, for real, his charge was in pain for a month. I, you know, that's it. So my boy who got one said there was no issue. You're all good. Boom, everything is straight. I need to fucking hit up my homeboy and find out what it is. And then from there, I will tell you. But I've been thinking about it for two or three years because, you know, I've had some scares and shit. And it's just something that's just like, that's just something. I don't, that's the last thing I want to think about. And definitely not trying to have a fourth kid. Not this late in life. Like, fuck that shit. And my wife is very fertile, so fuck all that. Hope you're all good, John. Much love. I do need to see a chiropractor ASAP. Mets Freak writes, life advice. Hey, Ben, my name is Mike Palat. I'm 22 from Long Island, New York. Thank you so much for asking my question back on episode 96. Help me get back good mindset uh, during the crazy time. On a different note, I'm an aspiring artist, and one of my biggest influences is Pac. Could you drop a little memory you had with him? Much love. I mean, you know, I didn't have a ton of memories. You know, I just had a few that I've always talked about. So it's nothing really different than the plane, him smoking weed on the plane, commercial airline, um, him getting me into a club, you know, having dinner and just him always being cool. And 
I didn't really, he also didn't make me want to feel weird. Like I felt like I was nervous. I wanted to talk around him, boom. And he'd just be cool. Being in the studio and seeing him spit and just be like crazy. Just having like this, this fucking book, like, and just like him writing notes to my boy, Mark Benish, rest in peace, who was the head of Interscope uh, promotion and was good friends with Pac. And just, I don't know, man, you know, like I would see Pac drive down Sunset Boulevard in his convertible bands, man. It was just a trip seeing him and just, you know, great dude. You know, see him at a club, uh, Jada Pinkett's birthday when I DJed and it just, dude was just a, he was an approachable, cool guy. You know, I don't really know what else to say, man. But uh, good luck with, with everything, homie. GE770 or GE770 writes Snickers Chain. I've been a fan since day one. So after NFL season is over, what happens to the old Snickers Chain? Do you guys sell it? Um, I do not own the Snickers Chain. I am commissioned to make it. Mars Corporation that owns Snickers, they own the chain. Last season, um, after the season one, I put all 14 players' names, jerseys on the back of the chain. And then it went to back to Snickers, and then they they auctioned off to charity, and they put it out there. So I assume that's going to happen this year. That's what's going on with the Snickers chain. Young Casey writes, paying student loans during COVID climate. Uh, what's good, Ben? I'm 24 from South Seattle. Been a long time listening to the pod. I look forward to your weekend wrap-ups every Monday, especially when you talk about the Seahawks. My question for you is, what do you think about paying off student loans during this pandemic? I know a lot of private student loans offer some sort of forgiveness and forbearance with low or even no interest rates at all. Would you consider holding off on these payments during this time? Or would you suggest that it be wise to make payments every month with these lowered rates? I've been paying back about a rack plus every month towards my student debt. I have started my career and have a job that pays okay so I can make these monthly payments. But a G plus every month definitely takes away from finding my family. I would just like to hear what you might suggest for someone, especially like me in the light of COVID climate. Appreciate you, bro. Casey, God bless you. Go Hawks, go 12s. Um, let me say this real quick. Thank God I never had student loans, right? Um, my wife had them. Uh, I paid off her loans. Not, it's not a flex or nothing. It's just I didn't want her to have them. There's a few things you can't avoid in life, right? Obviously the taxes, IRS, alimony, child support, from you know, from that, and student loans. They just, there's no getting away from it. It's it's just inevitable, right? Don't know how many more years. You're 24, so you might have another 10 or 15 years, which is, you know, it just sucks, right? Me personally, if you have a family and that money is fucking with you, I would see what type of lower payment you could do. If you can take advantage of the lower interest rate and it goes towards the principal, I'd do that if you could. But if the G plus a month is fucking with you, then I would have no shame in doing, you know, some sort of forgiveness where, you know, you're just off the hook with no interest. Now, forbearance, what happens is that just adds on. So if you have, you know, let's say 100 payments left and you miss three, you know, you're still going to have 100 payments left, right? And it's like, it's like a weird thing. Or forbearance is really strange where, you know, um, you have 100 payments left and you missed three. Now, they took the three and added it to your 100. So when you do come back, you have a higher payment. So be very, very careful about the word forbearance. It's totally different from a deferred payment, okay? Forbearance is still required to be paid. It's a weird thing. So do not do forbearance, whatever you do. 
Now, if there is a forgiveness to where they can defer it and they ain't tripping and there's no penalty, no nothing, just be like, hey, listen, I need six months or whatever the fuck it may be. I can't pay. Make up a fucking story. There's no shame in it. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm worth eight figures and I fucking got, you know, deferred payments on my mortgage and certain things just so I could use the money for whatever else. And I could do it. It's just, but fuck it. You know, it's not hurting anybody. That's not hurting taxpayers or whatever else. You know, it was just something I needed to do. So I think that you should do that, but I don't think that you need to go and have steak dinners or whatever else. I think you need to do it only to maintain what you're doing now or to just kind of have a little nest egg set aside. That's what I personally think. There's no shame in taking some deferred, um, deferred payments and um, don't do forbearance. I'll tell you that right now, but there's no problem with that at all whatsoever. Again, if you can suck it up for a little bit, I don't know. But again, everything is so just unpredictable. There's so much uncertainty. I would try to get as much of a savings as you could possible. Ayo Ralph writes, Odesu, what up, Mr. Yang? Day one listener. Um, Two-part question. Is there a specific year you have a tendency to unintentionally either dwell on, reflect on when you're smoking weed, or do you have a glass of favorite whiskey? And do you have an item in your home that always reminds you to take life one day at a time? Uh, God bless your familia. Um, let me answer the second part, the latter question. Um, I don't have an item in my house that reminds me to take it one day at a time. I look at my kids and I just kiss one a million times. And I just think about that. That's more importantly. When I get high, I definitely think about the mid to late eighties the most. I think that was when my life was the most difficult. And, um, sometimes I think about the early nineties. I started thinking about the mid nineties. I started realizing how much I don't remember about it. And it's just so fucking crazy. I'm getting older. It's just like, wow. And I wish I have such an amazing memory with certain things, but then a lot of things I can't remember shit. And uh, I think it's just maybe the old age and I did a lot of drugs. But I definitely focus on like 1984. And uh, 84 was my parents got divorced. And I just think about everything fell apart that year. And just being in the hood, seeing motherfuckers get stabbed and just being like, I just feel like, wow, man. You know, I know it sounds like a luxury, but... I remember going home every day and we had dinner together. No matter what, we always had dinner together. My mom would make dinner and we had dinner in the clockwork. We didn't eat. We all ate together. That was it. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. And I think about it now. We try to eat together so much here and there, but it's a weird time. But we spend so much time together, it's okay. But I go back to that. I go back to high school days sometimes. Yeah, but I definitely remember. I don't reminisce on anything recently. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. It's like, you know, like, I don't think about the success or the good times. It's just, it's, everything's good. Um, Baffington writes, uh, Pista, simple question. Did you sell the Pista? Also, when you cut down on the cars, are you going to always keep a frying rotation or keep it to the, just the Senna and a couple SUVs? Um, yeah, so I sold the Pista. Um, I got rid of the GTC for Luso. I could have kept the GTC for Luso, no problem, whatever. Just felt like right now I'm not really driving the cars. I maybe put 2,000 miles on the Luso. I think I put 600 miles on the Pista in over a year. And I said, man, you know, it was crazy. I put fucking 400 miles on the fucking center already in a month, in two months. Just nuts, you know. And I'm going to drive it. I don't give a fuck. What's funny is, um, you know, I got that down to that, the double R, um, my Trackhawk, and, uh, you know, pretty soon, I don't want to get rid of the Trackhawk because I love, but I just don't want to have four cars again, right? And I, I got rid of my minivan. I'm not going to go back to the minivan. That's why we're doing the Escalade because 
I'm going to have one of the first Escalades in the country. It has real seven seating now. I don't have to do that little stupid step seating. It's going to be actual, like a real third row. And that's why we're doing it for the kids. And I think my, my wife kind of feels like it's too big of a car. So she drives the, the double R. Um, it'll be tough because I do love the Trackhawk. So then at that point, I'm like, fuck, I wish I never got rid of the Urus. So, you know, it's tough. But the Senna, I don't need much more. But at the same time, because I'm doing well and things are going well, um, I thought about buying a GT3 RS or a GT2 RS again just to have for fun to fuck around and zoom around. So I don't really know. But uh, I'm not necessarily going to have Ferrari rotation. I do have SF90 coming. And um, I'm just going to immediately put it up for sale. I'm not even going to take ownership of it. So I'm going to sell my place in line probably, you know, for some major money, like a lot of money. Um, with that said... I thought about getting the P1 this week, which is crazy, right? And then, you know, really, the center drives better, period. It just does. And more importantly, it's not a hybrid. It doesn't have the issues. I have a warranty on this car. Um, it's faster. It has all the updated electronics, and it is tits. It's all the way just beautiful. So, you know, it's going to be a lot for me to get rid of the center. So I've been actually also itching at the LaFerrari, but then I get the LaFerrari. Where do I go from there? Kona Seg isn't better to me. I don't give a fuck if the Kona Seg is $3, $4 million. A Kona Seg to me is a modern day DeLorean. I'm not a big fan at all whatsoever. I've been inside of them. It does not impress me on it whatsoever. Just because of the price tag, it is the Richard Mill, a Richard Mill of cars. It is just really some bullshit. It's not what I fuck with. But um, yeah, I need to have a seven-seater. need to have something for the kids for regular shit. To like have something nice to pull up. You know what I mean? We go to a hotel or go to a nice dinner and have the double R pull up and boom. They see the triple black, you know, monster right there. So, yeah, I don't know. But I do also have a Porsche Turbo 911 992 new body on order. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll figure it out. But, yeah, much love, homie. Jonathan P. 2019 writes, old boy, Uncle Ben, love the podcast. Haven't missed one episode. Thank you, by the way. Question, growing up in K-Town, did you have any connection with the group Far East Movement? Also, did you ever spend any time in South Bay Area, Inglewood, Hawthorne, Long Beach? Do you have any stories from there? Much love from Inglewood, Jonathan P. Um, Far East Movement, my homies, none of them are from K-Town. Not that I know of, right? Progress is my boy. Kev Nish. And um, why the fuck am I drawing a blank on the third guy who just left the group? Anyways, Verman is Filipino. He's, he's from like Cerritos or some shit. As far as I know, they're from downtown LA. They weren't from Koreatown. And that's for sure. James is not, you know, they know Koreatown very well. They know it better than I do in, in certain ways because they spent so much time there. But, you know, growing up, now nah, they were not there. But, you know, I kind of co-signed them. And from there, I think the wave kind of moved and helped a lot. Didn't spend a lot of time in South, South Bay area. My father lived in Redondo Beach for a while. Um, Hawthorne, you know, I kind of ran through Hawthorne like around 2004 to 2008 because my bike gang, the leader of my bike gang, uh, Kimo, rest in peace, he was from Hawthorne. Long Beach, I got to be honest with you, I have no ties to Long Beach at all whatsoever, except for trade shows at Long Beach Convention Center. Inglewood, I've always had, you know, people from Inglewood and all that stuff and everything, and but not enough to where I was kicking it there like that. So that's what's up. Uh, you see me photo, last question of the day, Project 2020. Will you have an episode where you speak about each card once the whole collection is dropped? I'm really wishing for a Project 2020 Basketball Edition. I would love that. Whoa. A Project 2020 Basketball Edition would be fucking lit. That would be fucking incredible. Um, will I have an episode when I speak about the whole collection? 
you know what? I think once my 20th car drops, which is Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm going to be out in Seattle doing a thing with Mill Creek Sports and I'm doing a signing with Ken Griffey. I think, yeah, it'd be nice to reflect on the entire project 2020. I wasn't planning on it, but you know, anything is possible. And yeah, definitely that would be something that uh, I want to do. And I would do that just for you. So yo, that was the last question. Yo, Miles, hit me off with a little bit at Lakey Lake. And you already know. We'll be right back. Yo, 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 we're back. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that um, I know a lot of people have been emailing about Jackass of the Week. And I'm going to bring it back. I just felt like I was like, fuck, you know, I, there should be a Jackass of the Week all the time. But I just took it out because it's just been, I've been sidetracked with so many different things. I know the Emmys were yesterday, right? But you know what? Um, who gives a fuck, right? I don't give a fuck about the Emmys. Uh, I'm not an actor and, and whatever else. And I definitely never care about the Emmys ever. I do kind of care about the Academy Awards. Do not give a fuck about the Emmys. Um, with that said, entertainment-wise, Saw Ghost, you know, the um, is it episode four, episode three, I don't know. But, you know, it's still interesting enough to where, you know, it's keeping me in there. And um, it the 50 Cent's real good and the writers are real good at keeping like, okay, well, fuck, what's going to happen next? Just get you just enough, reel you in just enough, you know what I mean? And Malik is kind of like, I mean, Tariq is like, kind of gets on my nerves, but it's like, it's enough, you know? And it's just, I'm like wondering, okay, how is this going to tie in here? But I must say, Mary J. Blige is doing a very good job at acting. I still want to see Tenet. I don't know if that's any good. Is it good? I mean, I'm hearing mixed reviews. Some people saying, because it's Christopher Nolan, you know, whatever else. I like them. But yes, he definitely had some fucking movies that fucked me up. Like fucking, um, the fuck was that fucking movie? Not Shutter Island. What the fuck? I forgot what the fuck it was. Um, God, I can't think of the movie. Anyways, all the Batmans I love, you know, of course. But, yo, slide in my DMs and let me know if you thought that Tenet was good. I did watch one movie this weekend. I watched a movie called Derailed. D-E-R-A-I-L-E-D, Derailed. It is a Korean movie. It is such a fucking Korean movie. And it is about some kids that are almost 18. They're not of legal age yet. And they are all runaways. They're just street kids. You know, it's very common in Korea. They just run away from home because, you know, Koreans are very strict. Like super, super fucking strict. And that dude, Don Lee, he's like super, he's like the fucking... I don't know, like I said, he's like the the Charlie Bronson, um, Mel Gibson, like equalizer type. I love this guy. Movie was was good. It's it's very watchable. But yeah, these kids run away and then they try to rob a dude in a hotel doing a scam and they end up finding that this motherfucker is really about that life. And uh, I don't know, again, remember, I'm, I'm biased because I love Korean films. There are very, very good Korean films that are just all across the board amazing. And I'm sure you guys remember that movie I requested, um, the fuck was it, The Killers or whatever? Anyone says that shit wasn't lit, then, you know, you go fuck yourself. That shit was crazy. And that is it for entertainment. Yo, I saved the last the for the best, right? I'm sorry. I saved the best for last. One of my dyslexic shit. Like, I'm, I don't even have dyslexia. Maybe I do. But we're going to get into the hobby. So my Topps Chrome boxes are trending at $700 legit. They're strong at $700. They're not going any lower and people are like, oh, yeah, the box was going to be this, that, and a third or whatever. And, you know, people are like, well, they first started at 800 to 1,000, whatever. Look, man, they're at 700 with motherfuckers opening them. And it's so fucking addicting that I bought six boxes on eBay for fucking 675 650 
and I met a dude who I've already said on Twitter and all over the internet here and there, but he pulled a 1-1 refractor. Come to find out, he didn't even buy the entire fucking box, which I thought he did. He bought a couple packs, all right, from my boy's shop, the sports source, you know, it's by my mom's crib. And like, yo, I, I don't even know what to say because, you know what, that's a, that's a, you know, over $1,000 card, possibly 2000 It was Christian Yelich and uh, it was Super Factors, beautiful. I really love this set. I really am so taken back and I am humbled. When I do hear, I don't know, there's a lot of people be like, oh man, Ben says fuck the cops. But man, look at man, y'all can suck my dick. I don't give a fuck. Everyone who thinks I'm mad because I reply to people, I love replying to people. I wish I could reply to everyone. It's the pettiness in me. Do you know what I mean? I'm a toxic person. I'm not the nicest guy. That's just the straight up truth. I like seeing you motherfuckers frown when you come at me with bullshit. Okay? There's been too many bad experiences with the police. So if you've got a problem with that and you guys are cops, look, man, y'all can eat a dick. Simple and plain. I got a great attorney. I've worked real hard in life. You know what? I've been harassed by police all my life. Factual. Never in my life. Never in all my entire life have I ever called the police. Never once have I ever, and I don't plan to, because anything I need to take care of, I will take care of myself. Anyways, with that said, even the haters who have said they pulled open six or seven boxes and pulled out bullshit or whatever it may be, look, why'd you pull so many boxes open if you didn't fuck with it, right? I mean, and you're still buying boxes, whatever the fuck it may be. There's a lot of shit out there that's hot, that's great. Currently, for the most part, the overall consensus is my top's chrome set is definitely the shit right now. It's gonna be the shit for another month, maybe two months, I don't know, okay? For me to cop some off eBay is fucking crazy, all right? I've ripped open 12 boxes, a box should be coming today. I'm going to rip that motherfucker open. And uh, I don't know. Again, people are legitimately pulling big cards out of there. I've seen three or four cards already go over 1,000. There's a Mike Trout Refractor Auto that is at like 1,300, 1,400. And it ain't even the craziest card. And that motherfucker is going crazy on eBay. Card shops across America. One in particular in Florida is selling my packs for a hundred fucking dollars a pack and they're selling out he's had a couple boxes and they're paying resale prices sure the dude paid whatever it may be he paid probably 800 to a thousand dollars for a box and he sold 24 packs we made 2400 so the dude still made a profit and people out there in la in burbank in beverly hills um in uh, the valley i'm seeing my pack sell for about 50 bucks a pack and even then that's good and people they're selling out they can't get enough of them and it's crazy now this past weekend on Saturday morning, I sold my silver autographed packs. I sold a hundred of them, numbered from one to a hundred in silver. Those got shipped out this morning, by the way, if you're listening. Those sold out in a fucking minute. And that was a hundred dollars a pack. And that was my autograph. And people are like, yo, man. Well, first of all, I want you to know that I'm never gonna sell packs ever again. So that's just not gonna happen. The only way you're gonna get packs from me is if you buy a gift box. And in that gift box, you're gonna get definitely your money's worth. Okay, but some dude was like, yo, you're the biggest scammer, you know, there is, and, and you went from scamming people in jewelry, and then, you know, you're scamming people in the baseball game, and I thought about it, I was like, yo, I got time right now, I have 30 minutes to correct this dude, 
and I owned him. All right, not patting myself on the back. I'm telling you, four plus four equals eight. I own this cocksucker. All right, I'm not selling snake oil. Okay, I hit him with it. Yo, let me tell you something. What the fuck are you talking about? My tops chrome is hot. Well, I knew you were gonna say that. You know, blah blah whatever. Your tops project twenty twenty ain't even worth shit. It's barely fucking holding at fifty percent of the value and blah blah whatever. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let's address the first thing. You said scam people and jewelry. For what I do, and the last four or five chains that I've made myself, they're going for three to 600% over the price that that person paid, okay? Murakami chain for 200, 300 grand. They're going for four, 500. What the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, well, um, you know what? I'm gonna use a different word, use finesse. I'm like, no, bro, I take it serious. You went into a post where I'm promoting something I'm selling and you're telling people that I scam people. That's a big word. I got to address that. You said scam. You can't use that word. Okay? So explain yourself. And he goes, your top's project 2020. I told you it's his shit is trash. And I'm like, bro, my Ichiro was fucking hitting at 3,500 at one point. I told people to buy him. I owned 100 Ichiros. I could have crashed the market at 35, and I didn't because I'm not a greedy person. I bought my own stock because I was like excited as my first project. Had no idea what to expect from it. I told people to buy the card. That's their bad. And he goes, I knew you were going to say the Ichiro. You know what? Ichiro is actually only selling at 1400 now and blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. What about fucking, you know, Derek Jeter? What about this, this, and this? And he's like, you know, I got fucking friends who are literally sitting on thousands of cards and now they're shit. They're fucked. <laughs> Let me rewind real quick. What did you say? You said you have homies that are literally selling on, sitting on thousands of cards. I go to this dude's page. He's got some 85 Jordans. I'm sorry, 2015 Chicago Jordans that he's like, oh, selling these for 1400 Well, I'm like, bro, like, you know how fucking stupid you sound? You have no idea where the fuck this is going. This is a brand new project. It's barely five months old, okay? Is it four months old? It's barely months old, short months, Okay. You know, Basquiat was selling fucking art on postcards for $5. You never know what the fuck is going to happen. Nobody does. I commend, I salute every one of the 19 other artists that are in Project 2020. A lot of them, most of them are diehard, real artists, illustrators. I know Mr. Cartoon is super talented. Everyone in their own right are great artists. I think there's some amazing cards out of this project. Understand this. Nobody told your stupid, dumbass, fuck knows homies to buy a thousand cards. All right. I bought a thousand cards of my own cards and gave them away. You know what? On my Derek Jeter card, I did that. Why the fuck would you buy a thousand cards? You know why? Because you're trying to resell. And you know what? That's fucking greedy. Okay. I got time, bro. That's fucking greedy. You're trying to go out there, come up, and resell. No one told you to buy that many cards. Like, why the fuck would you do that? This ain't 2004 in the SB game. Like, And you know what? Back in 2003, if I would have took an L when the SBs dropped, I was ready to do it. I'm not going to blame nobody for making it, you know, hype or whatever the fuck it may be. I never forced anybody to buy cards. Yo, I got signed contractually by Tops to design 20 cards. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? I didn't even promote until Mike Trout, my third card. You know what? I didn't even understand how it went. 
So I'm gonna stop promoting my product when I'm making dope ass cards. Like I made so many fucking cool cards, and I think a lot of people agree with me. Do you know how fucking stupid you sound again to say I scammed or even say the word finesse? And you know what? You immediately hear the wrong words because I said, yo, you're acting like I fucked your mom. So immediately you go that because I obviously struck a nerve. You didn't strike a nerve. Bro, you can't go to nobody's page. It's like going to someone's store. It's like going to fucking flight club and you walking in there. And you're talking about $1,400 because that's the going rate for whatever it may be. And even if it is, it doesn't matter. You go to somebody else who's used to paying for shoes at retail and you tell them and they can't understand that it's the same concept and you don't get it. You know, even if it's going below retail, you're talking about a minimal number. You're talking about $20. But because your boy spent $20,000 on cards, that's his dumbass fault. I didn't fucking tell anybody. I'm telling motherfuckers buy four or five to get a you know better chance to get a raffle, whatever. I've gifted a lot of people these. You have no idea what these are going to be worth. Frank Thomas is coming up. Mike Trout card is starting to come up. Everything will, and it'll all make sense because I have more than a million fans. And you know what? To this day, none of them could really afford, like 95% of them could never afford a $250,000 chain from me or even one of my three, dollars $4,000 chains at my iPhone Co. store or something. That's why the items, when I have them now for sale, people are happy to, happy to have them as collectors. Okay, so I got to defend the artistry. I got to defend the artists. You know, it's crazy, man. Like you really have no idea and you say some stupid shit like that when realistically I've helped so many people make money from this project. All right. Like for you to spend, you can, what the fuck else can you spend 20 bucks or something that's cool on art and look at it, have it cool and not, you know, no idea what the fuck's going on. Tesla stock, no matter what the fuck it is, nothing, you, you can't predict it in fucking four months, let alone years, two years, whatever the fuck it is. It's a very little amount of money, all right? Some dude in the comments said, yo, lions don't work, worry about the opinions of sheep, Ben. Don't even pay this dude any attention. I'm like, no, homie, lions do, especially when they're hungry. The sheep get ate, but I had to let dude know, I don't scam people. I don't sell the dreams. I don't, I don't do any of that fuck shit. Okay, I'm not about that life at all whatsoever. I really truly believe that I'm going to keep putting out great product. And, you know, you guys are just, that was just I, had, I had to go in on that dude. Anyways, next week, I'm very excited. Next Thursday, I am going to the Bay Area. I'm not flying. I told you already, I'm driving with my assistant and uh, a couple homies. Um, a homie, um, Six Sour. My other homie, Heckler and Koch. And uh, I have a Bay Area box, which is already sold out. That box has a lot of goods in it. And there's a lot of things that are going on in that box that are really cool. But more importantly, it's the free game that these people are going to get between 15 and 20 minutes. And I can't wait to meet you guys. It's going to be very dope. Going to do an LA one. Trying to do a, a Seattle one too. Um, I want to let you guys know my autographs go on sale this Friday on BBDTC.com. It will be the first time that I do three different players, all right? So I got Don Manley, Mark McGuire, and Tony Gwynn. So it's going to be a lot of selection. We've uh, obviously lowered the numbers, like I said. There's going to be one of fives, not one of tens. There's still going to be 50 of the, you know, the $400 cards. I think the Tony Gwynn's a little bit more than that just because we, we've broke the 10 mark. And um, 
one of the new things that are going to be added, which are going to be great, and this is where, you know, it's a chance to get something at a cool price and everything, is obviously my Topps Chrome is blazing hot, right? So I've signed a couple cards here and there for random people. And I'm talking about literally less than a handful, less than three or four. And um, I'm going to be selling Topps Chrome top players like, you know, Acuna, uh, Vlad, um, Luis Robert, Mike Trout, only the big players, refractors, all the hot cars, diamond die cut refractor inserts and stuff like that, all the hot shit. I'm going to be selling them autographed on my site this Friday too. Do not miss out on that because only singles in that. They'll be at fair prices and uh, they will be authenticated by BGS, aka Beckett Grading Services. Who is the best? I don't fuck with PSA. I fuck with Beckett. And um, I know people are going to go crazy for that because they're not going to be priced crazy, but they definitely will be something special, especially when I got so many of these really hot baseball players whose cards I've made of hitting me up like, oh, bro, I want a card. And I'm going to bless them because it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing. You know what else a beautiful thing is? The beautiful thing is that episode 117 is done and it's another one in the books. I am very thankful, very grateful for all you guys, for all the downloads, um, all the listens, and all the fans, everyone. I can't wait to pay you guys back with some more more free game, more gifts, more prizes, more things coming up. I'm going to have some more giveaways and all that stuff. Please make sure that you subscribe to the show. Please make sure that you tell your homies about this show. All right? So, yo, we are out of here, Lakey Lake. Homie, yeah. That's the one. That motherfucker, that is my shit right there. All right, bro. Take us to the crib, homie. We're out, y'all. Peace.